Hello everybody, welcome back to Midwest Madness, your true crime cult conspiracy encrypted podcast. Oh, you changed up the order. Did I? Yeah, you usually say cryptid and conspiracy. I think it's because I was like, oh, I kind of just did a conspiracy one. Yeah, you totally did. I hope you all went down an Amelia Earhart rabbit hole in the past week. We are not sorry. Welcome to our nightmare. And I would love to hear your thoughts. But anyway. Please, 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 please. Um, we really That's have... Emily. Oh, I'm Danielle. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say? We kind of covered everything like in the beginning of the last episode. Which we always seem to do. I know. But I well, mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I'm still not overly Amelia Earhart, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I know that one's gonna stick with us for a while. Uh, I just love her so much, and she's so cool. And I like, didn't know she was a midwesterner until oh, literally. Oh yeah, I watched that show. Oh yeah, so she, she's so cool. Um, we will gladly and proudly take her as a midwesterner. Are you going to give us a story with a conclusion? I am. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, so I wasn't gonna do this one yet, but then I changed my mind because the one I was doing. Some wow, Sirius is not thrilled. Um, some of the stuff that's happened is kind of recent, but that was like the only information I was finding, so it wasn't enough. Um, many probably, and it's not, I'm not, I didn't even keep the notes on it, so I'd have to just redo my notes. I just got frustrated and was like, deleting it all, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so um, this is a another suggestion from Alpal, our oh, sister. sister, the uh, the third in the trio. Yep. So she suggested me this story to me in March and said, when are you doing my story yesterday? And I said, I wasn't going to do it for another week or two, but I'll, I changed my mind. So, um, so I'm going to apologize right off the bat. I am not sure I'm saying this guy's name right because he is of Asian descent and so I call him Ming, but his name could be Ming Sen or just Ming. But I am 99% sure that Ming is not his last name because, you know, a lot of times they'll write their yeah, last yeah. name first. But in all of my sources, that was not his last name. Okay. So if I'm incorrect, I apologize right off the bat. So um, his name was Ming Sen Xu. I think um, it's S-H-I-U-E is his last name. Okay. Um, and then in here, I just call him Ming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that. But so he was born in Taiwan and moved to Minnesota with his family when he was eight. His dad was a professor at the University of Minnesota. Um, Ming was described as a mean kid. He was violent and would often beat his siblings. Um, his dad died when he was 11, so that kind of, like, made him the head of the household. Oh, right. Um, and so, like, yeah, his even his mom was, like, he was terrifying. Um, she said that it didn't seem like he had feelings, and he never took responsibility for his actions, and she actually, like, likened him to a dog. Oh. Like, yeah, she she was very afraid of her son. Um, which is never a good thing. Um, when he was 14, he got into legal trouble, his first big trouble with the law. 
Um, he had started three fires in three random apartments that people were living in. Did he live in the apartment building too? I don't know. Okay. So that's yeah, a little red flag. You know? Yeah, fire is never fire is never a good thing. A good sign. Mm-mm. Um. So when Ming was in high school in 1965, 1966, he was like 15, 16 at this point, and he went to a school in Roseville. Um, not Roseville High School. I don't. I was gonna write it down, and then I totally forgot. I think I know the story. Do you? Yeah. Wow. I'm like 95 percent sure. Okay, well, you'll keep going. I'll let you know. Um, If it is, it's a good one. It's messed. Yeah. Um, He had a teacher that he became rather enamored with. Um, She was his algebra teacher, and her name was Mary Stoffer. Yep. Yeah. This is a a good one. This is a good one. Well, it's not, but it's... It's sad, but it's... It's a story that we'll just say that. Um, So he started to fantasize about Mary... Um, and would write erotic stories about her where they would have consensual sex. But then he moved on to writing both rape and gang rape stories about her. As you can guess, that was no longer enough after a while. That made me, that makes me uncomfy. Uh Uh-huh. And Ming decided to make his fantasies a reality and that he was going to kidnap Mary. So now, at this point... He's no longer in high school, so it's been a couple of years. I think he was, like, 19 or 20 or something when he, like, made this decision that his, like, creepy fantasies were not enough. Right. Um. So he, like, spent some time looking for her because she had left the area and so had he. Weren't they? Wasn't her and her family, like, missionaries? Yes, they yeah. were. Yeah. So um, he didn't clearly didn't know that right um and so in 1975 when ming was 25 he thought he found mary's house um up in duluth minnesota he broke into the house and found out that it wasn't actually mary's but it was her in-laws home oh gosh so he holds them at gunpoint point before tying them up and threatening to come back and kill them if the break-in was reported so they didn't report the break-in. Gosh, I mean, I get it, but like, ugh. Yeah. Owie. Scary. Yeah. That's almost got to be like, you leave and you go to the police station and you say like, because like, what if he's watching your house? You don't want him to like, no, you know, Yeah. like if you're going to report it. I can't, I feel like I don't know what I'd actually do in the situation. Like, I feel like me sitting here right now, I could be like, I'd report it. But if it actually happened to me. I, here, I would want to say I would report it, but I would also say, like, I don't know if I would actually... You know what I mean? Here's the thing about me. I have a big mouth when something dramatic happens. Yeah. That's very dramatic. That's true. I would tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, holy shit, you guys, my house just got broken. Like, I would tell everyone because I just would be like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this just happened. Yeah. So I have a feeling that it, even if I didn't tell the police, I would tell somebody and then they would tell the police and uh you know it just kind of snowball because i can't keep my mouth shut about dramatic things so yeah well some dramatic things there are some dramatic things that i've kept my mouth shut about but i digress um so mary and her husband who as you mentioned were christian missionaries 
Can actually, I ask a question really quick? Yes. Did he try to get like where she was from the in-laws? Not as far as I'm aware, because okay. I, I don't know if he realized they were her in-laws. Oh, gotcha. I think he was just like, oh, shit, this not is not right the right house. place or whatever. Yeah. Um. So they were in the Philippines at the time, um, and they didn't know that anything had happened in Duluth. So Ming continues to look for Mary for the next five years. Holy moly, man. But since she is not in the Philippines, or since he, she's in the Philippines, he doesn't find her. Mary and her family returned to Minnesota in 1979. So he had her as a teacher in 1965-66. And he is still infatuated with this woman in um, 1975. Or no, sorry, 79. Wow. In 1980, Ming learns that Mary is teaching and living at Bethel University in St. Paul. He continued to stalk her until he kidnapped Mary and her eight-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, when they were coming out of a hair salon in Roseville at gunpoint on May 16th, 1980. Just like in the middle of the day? Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, neither of us are parents, so I imagine having your child with you definitely changes how you would react react to being held at gunpoint. Because your first instinct is going to be to protect your child. The child, yes. So, I mean, I think you would pretty much do anything someone said at that point. That point. So, um, Ming How ties, scary. I know, right? How old was the daughter, um, do you say? She was eight. Eight. Ugh, so, boy. that's like second, third grade. Yeah, that's scary. That's really little. Um. So, okay. Ming ties up the two and puts them in the trunk of Mary's car where, uh, and then he's going to like take them back to his house. Like he puts them in Mary's car? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, he has to stop twice along the way um, because the two are making too much noise in the trunk. So he like pulls over like in like a parking lot or in like a, on a side street or whatever and like opens the trunk and is like, knock it off. Which, like, ballsy. Also, for the people who are not from Minnesota, Roseville is, like... Part of the city. So. Part, yeah, like, it is not a... It's not a burb. No, it is... There is people everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, this is... This was ballsy as hell. Yeah. Um. So, at the second stop, two six-year-old boys, one named Jason Wilkman and the other named Mark Branis. Come over to see what is going on. Mark stays at the front of the car and Jason goes to the back where Ming hears him, turns, grabs him, covers his mouth and throws him into the trunk with Mary and Elizabeth. Oh, no. What about the other boy? He, I think he just takes off because he was at the front of the car. So Mark stayed at at like the headlights and was like, what's going on? And um jason went around to be like hey what are you doing you know because he's six six god he's like a a baby yeah and like i work specifically with six-year-olds they are curious little monsters they want to know everything right so that just throws him in the trunk yeah just grabs him throws him in the trunk slams the trunk and just takes off oh shit um ming then drives to carlos avery state park let's where he murders Jason with a metal no. pipe and leaves his body in the woods. And Carlos Avery? Mm-hmm. 
we grew up not too far from Carlos Avery. Obviously, south side of Carlos Avery, not north side by where we, we live. grew up. Grew up. <laughs> grew up. But Carlos Avery is it's, quite large. It's huge. But yeah. So it's like in like the Anoka Ramsey County oh, okay. part of Carlos Avery. Oh, gee. So they drive for another hour or so. Um, and Ming transfers them out of Mary's car and into a different vehicle, abandons Mary's car. And then he brings Mary and Elizabeth back to his house where he shoves the two into a, quote, narrow, tight closet. Did, he must have had this planned. But how did he know he's, they were going to be at the hair shop? I think he saw an opportunity he took it. Do you think he just drove around aimlessly just to, like, confuse them? Yeah, I do. Because his home was in Roseville. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, I think that he just was like, I don't want them to know where we're going, so we're just going to drive around, see what happens. Okay. So, um, let's see. He then separates the two, taking Mary out of the closet and tying her to some furniture and leaving Elizabeth in the closet. Um, Ming then proceeds to tell Mary who he is, reminding her that he was in her class 15 years ago. He also claims that the B that she gave him in algebra caused him to not get into college and he was forced to go fight in Vietnam where he was held as a prisoner of war. Do you know if that's true? I did not find any evidence of that statement being true. And honestly, like he sounded like a really fucked up kid. Right. So I'm pretty sure that it's not the B that you got in algebra that kept you out of college. Right. Just, you know, just saying, because like I had like a D in a math class and I still got into college just fine. Right. So pretty sure that's not what it was. Um, so Ming talked to Mary for hours that night recording their conversation before repeatedly raping her. Oh. That too was on camera. What? Yeah. Yikes. Ming. There were three separate tapes. And I think a tape held up to like six or seven hours of video. That's just disturbing. With her daughter in the closet. Yeah. Um, when Ming went to work, he would sometimes take Elizabeth with him and hide her in a box in his van while leaving Mary tied in the closet at his home. A box? Yeah. Like, he worked or worked or owned, I'm not sure, um, an electronics store. So I'm envisioning, like, a TV box. I'm envisioning how because, hot it probably was. Oh, Or yeah. cold. I think um, this is in the summer. This was in the spring. Yeah. Spring to summer, so. So, I mean. It could get really dangerous hot, yeah. yeah. And, like, I'm so I'm envisioning it's, like, a a TV because back in the 80s, TVs were, a big TV was massive, you right. know? yeah. So you could easily fit a kid inside that box. What's the point? Just to keep them separated? I think so. Um... So he also told Mary that if she or Elizabeth tried to escape, he would kill her husband and their son. So on July 7th, which he kidnapped them on May 16th. So month and a half-ish. July. Month and a half? Yeah. July 7th. Yeah, so, so a little less than two months. Yeah. So like seven and a half weeks. Yeah. Almost. Um, after Ming goes to work, Mary and Elizabeth escape the closet. Mary's able to remove the hinge pin from the closet door and they make their way to a phone 
and call police despite being tied together at the elbows are you gonna talk about the little boy like why he didn't tell anyone i do you have anything no i don't but okay so i i have three separate sources for the story Uh uh-huh I'm very confused because so Wikipedia is one, um, Minnesota Public Radio is the other, and then literally the sentencing from the trial is the only place that that little the other little boy is mentioned. Interesting. So I I don't know anything more about him. I don't know if he did report it. I don't know if he was too scared. I don't I don't know. Anything. Here's the thing: if I had to guess, I'm just gonna guess. Yeah, I mean he is six. He's so. six. I'm sure he did tell somebody. Yeah. But he probably didn't even see what was in the trunk. He maybe, maybe didn't even see what the driver looked like. Right. So, and like you tell... My friend, he probably... And he, so, I mean, if he said anything, it was like... He could have... It would have probably just been... Well, My and, friend was taken. Like yeah. He, had, and, he could have had no... And I'm going to guess he probably didn't have any idea what was going on in the Oh, trunk. yeah. I'm sure. And, and just for another reference, one of the six-year-olds that I worked with work with currently um was getting picked up early from school and we were watching for for their parents vehicle and their parent drove up and i was like is that them and they're like well it kind of looks like their car but it's clean and mom's car is dirty <laughs> like but it had rained so right. it just didn't process for them that no that is mom's car it's just not dirty because the rain right. has washed the dirt off of it so like you ask a kid what kind of car right it's gonna be like i don't know black one right you know i I mean it's definitely not i just was curious if the kid had said anything but the more i think of it i'm like he probably didn't even know there were two people other people in the trunk yeah more than likely um so they managed to get out of the house and they hide behind one of the cars that he has until the police get there um and they you know immediately untie them get them to the hospital blah 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 um ming is then arrested that same day at his place of work because he had no idea that they had escaped so good news um ming was then taken to the ramsey county adult detention center where he offered another inmate a man named richard green fifty thousand dollars to kill elizabeth and mary to keep them from testifying against him green immediately tells the fbi this guy sucks yeah he like he gets worse oh how so ming decides to go through two trials rather than just one for all of his crimes which i like didn't know was a thing you could do but it was like since it was kidnapping rape charge and then murder charge he was tried separately for the two kidnap and rape i'm assuming and then Mm -hmm. murder yeah um and they called it like something one and something two and um it was you would think that court documents would be easier to read they're very confusing i was very confused so i i did my best with reading those but like did he do that just so they would have to testify twice do you think i don't know because they didn't they didn't even know what happened to Jay, Jason. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. They they had no idea that he had killed him that day. He in the videotape said like he doesn't know anything about me. 
He doesn't even, he hardly got a good look at me. I was wearing dark sunglasses. He's not going to be able to help you. Like, so he made it sound like he'd let him go. Oh, so. That's so sad. That poor boy. I know, right? Six years old. I mean, but. uh, Yeah. Terrible story all around. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Ming pled not guilty due to mental illness, which was rejected by the court. They were like, no, no, you are not mentally ill. You're just an asshole. Uh, my words, not the court's. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mary, when Mary testified at his trial, Ming was able to smuggle a knife into the courtroom. What? Attacked Mary, slicing her face and neck open while threatening to murder her and Elizabeth when he's released from prison. How? I don't know. You would think he would have been searched. This guy just, I don't know. Is the worst. We hate him. Um, Mary needed 62 stitches to close the wound on her face. He did this in front of a jury who were allowed to take the attack into consideration during their deliberations. Good. Yeah. Um, So, okay. Another weird thing that happened when I was reading the transcript, or not, it wasn't a transcript. It was like the state of Minnesota... Um, district court or no not district court supreme court um and it was like this was what happened this is the kind of like the summary of the trial it wasn't like miss schaefer what happened miss schaefer responds blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. so it was like a summary and it did say that there was a hung jury so it was 11 to 1 and they sent a note to the judge and then the judge was like nope keep going like view the rest of the evidence that you wanted to see because they wanted to watch the tapes, all the tapes over again, which I cannot even imagine. And so they had watched one and then they came back with this note that said they were hung jury. And then they watched the next two and then they came back again with a note that said they were hung jury. It was still 11 to 1 and that this other juror was getting all upset and that they... Who is this one juror? I don't know. How do you even... And I don't know what the issue was. I don't know if they couldn't agree that it was premeditated or that it... No, I, I I don't know. It doesn't... It didn't say. But then his lawyer tries to file for a mistrial because they're like, well... You know, you said to go watch this film and they didn't actually want to do that. And they were like, no, they asked to see it before. We were making them watch them one, deliberate, one, deliberate, one. You know, they didn't want them to like watch all of it at once. Mm-hmm. And so the judge denies that it's a mistrial. And it, and then the next thing you know, he's being sentenced. So I, I don't know what happened. But yeah, but I don't know how they got from a hung jury to sentencing because I thought it had to be 12, 12 jurors agreeing. It does. So the last thing I read, it was 11 to one. I'm just assuming they just didn't. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't. It, it was very confusing. Um, so Ming was sentenced to 30 years to life on federal kidnapping and 40 years on a separate state murder charge for the murder of Jason, um, which honestly is not enough for mindlessly and senselessly killing a six-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, on July 6, 2010, Ming was declared eligible for parole. No, this man makes me very nervous. Ming did re- express regret, and for all of you who didn't hear the air quotes there, 
they were there for ruining Mary's life. He said, quote, I devastated Mary. I ruined her life, end quote. But as of 2010, he had not done any sort of sex offender program, which was a stipulation of release. A state psychologist said that Ming did not believe that he um, ever felt he needed treatment, which is why he refused to take part in sex offender programming. So, you know, that's not concerning at all. Um, and then tests showed that Ming had a high likelihood of reoffending if he was let out. His lawyer said that Ming was, quote, old and infirm, end quote, and was likely and was, sorry, um, quote, unlikely to offend again, end quote, in 2010 when he was 59 years old. That's not old. That statement, the old and infirm at fucking 59, made me so crazy mad. I can't even tell you. I don't like him. I can I'm like, I'm sorry, old and infirm at 59. I, if a 60-year-old man came up and attacked me, I'm probably going to lose. And I'm in my 30s. That is not old and infirm. We have several men in our and, and women in our life that are in their late 50s to early 60s. Would you ever call them old or infirm? No. No. Because that's not even that old anymore. No. In the like 20s, that would have been old. When your life expectancy was 65. He should have been in prison for 70 years. I'm, it makes me so makes me so angry that statement does and I, it just drives me crazy um <coughs> excuse me um mary was asked about when she was asked about it um in 2010 she expressed concern about ming's release she seemed to fully believe that if ming is let out he would attack again um mary and her husband irv which he spells it irv which i love mm-hmm. Um, staffer continued to split their time between Minnesota and the Philippines, um, where they continue to do missionary work. Mary has also expressed regret that Ming did not get more time for killing Jason, um, but would not comment on if she believed that Ming had changed citing her faith. So like, it's not my place to judge kind of thing. Um, Ming will not be released from prison and will die there. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Oh, I kind of wanted to drag that out for you, stress you a little bit. Yeah. And it was like, I would not feel safe with that guy no. on the street. He legit doesn't think he did anything wrong. No. And like, that just, is not his fault. And like, I mean, what he did even in the courts, like, you do not care. When your own mom says that you like, you, I think her exact quote was, he had no feelings like a dog. Dogs like, have feelings. I know but i know i know (laughs) so when your own family is that afraid of you like there's something wrong yeah i don't know so yeah he is currently still in prison i don't know where i don't care where i don't even know if he's still alive to be completely honest with you he certainly could be but sure six he'd be 69 71 71 
yeah so he could still be alive i hope he's not just because he's piece shit but yeah yeah so that's my whole story yeah i've heard that one before i didn't lie down yeah i had one i hadn't heard it about the little boys but yeah yeah i've I've heard it before (laughs) sirius didn't like it either oh my god (laughs) okay you want to do your um my sources were um it was murderpedia.org and then it had several articles underneath it had wikipedia minnesota public radio and the supreme court of minnesota document perfect and our socials are mw madness podcast on instagram and gmail and then it's the midwest podcast facebook group and mw madness pod on on twitter cool anything else have a have a great day i guess a good great week. week uh happy easter if you celebrate oh yeah that's right and oh if you God. don't that's cool too have a good one <laughs> we will uh talk to you later bye, bye. bye.